With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, this is Marilyn Gigliotti. Hey, this is Brian O'Halloran. Hey, everybody. My name is Scott Schiaffo, actor best known as the Chulies Gum Guy from the film Clerks. And welcome to Clerks Minute. You're listening to Clerks Minute. And I'm not even supposed to be here today. Welcome to Clerks Minute, the show where we break down the 1994 Kevin Smith Classic 1. Dante on the phone, minute at a time. I'm Blake. Kyle is off today, but just because it's a very slow minute in the movie, it's really literally Dante on the phone talking to a newspaper. Instead of talking about the minute, I have a special guest on the line, and this man actually made a dot, is um, one of the directors of a documentary talking about Bob Hawk. And um, let's bring him on. It's J.J. Garvin. J.J., how you doing? Hello. How are you going today? I'm doing great. Is this is the podcast only a minute, or is that uh You're not the only one to make that joke. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, I um, wasn't sure. No, it's fine. My, my um, main show, Blake and South Show, my co-host over there keeps making fun of this format. So I remembered every single joke. <laughs> nah, it's creative. It's, it's completely creative. Yes, yeah, so you know, we um we're actually part of a big community, so this is actually really really cool. Part of everything, it's fun. Well, that's that's outstanding. Thanks for having me on. No problem whatsoever. So let's talk about this. You are one of the directors for Film Hawk. Am I correct? <laughs> that's correct. Yes, it was uh, me and Ty Parquet directed the film. Daps Reiner was our uh, DP. It was a very small crew, and we followed. Bob Hawk around New York City, and of course, to tie into the purpose of your podcast, Bob was the first person to ever see Clerks. He went to a screening on October 3rd of 93. Was it 93 or 94? Uh, 93, I think. 94 is actually the movie. Well, that's when it was released. So he saw it before everybody. Then it must be 93. Kevin had a special, okay, Kevin had a special screening at uh, the IFFM the film market in New York City at the Angelica Theater. Uh, only two people showed up besides Kevin's uh, entourage, and one of those people was a guy named Bob Hook, and Bob was going around looking for uh, great films, new talent, and saw Clerks, loved it, and suggested it to the uh, to the Sundance Film Festival. 
That is really. And the rest is history. Well, what, why do a documentary on Bob Hawke anyway? For people that don't really know. Say that again. I'm sorry. Why do the documentary on Bob Hawke? A lot of people don't really know him as someone is really important. Well, that's in the business. what's interesting. Uh, that he has so many interesting stories. That he was there at the beginning of the beginning of the beginning of independent film. And you're exactly right. Not too many people know his story, so that's why Ty and I thought it was it was very important. Uh, he he did this for Kevin Smith. Uh, uh, Kevin himself says, and Kevin's in the film, and uh, and he played a, a big part of everything about it. Uh, but other filmmakers like Eddie Burns, uh, who launched Brothers McMullen and and a whole series of things. Uh, he was there at the very beginning of Rob Epstein when he was doing the documentary The Times of Harvey Milk, which would go on to win the uh, the Academy Award which is really the, the first gay Academy Award. Um, he was there at the beginning of Kimberly Reed's career, who did a, uh, a really, really interesting documentary called Prodigal Sons that was even featured on Oprah. And uh, met Barbara Hammer, who was one of the first out lesbian filmmakers to, to just have such experimental, independent film work, um, and, and many other people, and, including me and Ty. So uh, so that's why we just thought it was important. He, he's an older gentleman. The film starts with his 75th birthday. He's, he's actually going to be 80 this April. And it was just a chance to look back at how important he was to other independent filmmakers. Uh, a few more were uh, Scott McGeehee and David Siegel, who, uh, who were just in the news. They're doing an all-female Lord of the Fly film. Uh, which is funny to see Scott's name trending on everything because, <laughs> you know, his work isn't doesn't usually hit the internet like that. But a film like Suture, uh, which caught the eye of Steven Soderbergh, and and films like What Amazing News. These guys were all all of these people that I just named were all Sundance staples, and uh, and just you know very very important people in the independent film world. And because we made this film about Bob, they all welcomed us in it. So then we actually premiered the film at the Sundance Film Festival and we showed it at the Directors Guild of America in LA and Kevin was there for both of them and introduced the film. Wow, that's actually really, really cool. It's actually, I'm just thinking, yeah. you took you guys, but it sounds like you said it started out at 75th. That means you took about almost about four years to make this film? Yeah, well, let's see. It was um, a little over three and it was sporadic filming. Um, we don't live in New York City. We're based in Wilmington, Delaware. Oh, Bob, Bob is in New York, um, and everything that we filmed was New York. We actually did take a trip to Baltimore, Maryland, uh, to the grave of Divine uh, from the John Waters films, and it gave a chance to Bob for Bob to talk about early uh, LGBTQ films, um, and, and we used. Divine is kind of the springboard of that. Um, so, yeah, about three years. Oh, oh, the point I was making, three years of sporadic filmmaking. So we would go into the city and hang out with Bob for a day and then just kind of go away for a couple of months. And we would talk on the phone and email and such, and then we would uh, go back. And a lot of the filmmakers, even though they were based in that area, like Kevin and... Well, you know, Kevin's New Jersey, but, you know, he lives out in L.A., so we had to right. wait for him to come. Uh, Rob Epstein, he's based out in San Francisco. We had to wait for him to come. Eddie Burns is in New York City, of course, but mm -hmm. he has such a busy schedule. So it was basically just waiting around for people and then just, you know, 
just deciding what day to go up to film Bob and just walk around, see what we could do. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's so, funny because... Yeah. And, um, and it's nice that it took so long. It's funny because you're naming all these people. And you're naming all these really, really talented people, and it must have been really hard to get all the people together because that's a lot of talent to be involved in a documentary like this. Talented people, and I know I sound like I'm name-dropping. That's um, fine. <laughs> but uh, here's the, the funny thing. It, it wasn't difficult at all to get any of these people interested, and we reached out on to Twitter, <laughs> practically I think all of them, with just wow. a single tweet. Uh, we'd like to be involved in a Bob Hawk documentary. And they all said, yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow. Uh, it was really basically cool. just working around their schedule. But I mean, Kevin's tweet, which I actually printed and saved, <laughs> uh, he just wrote, absolutely. And it, like, it was that easy. And then once we had Kevin, uh, I immediately reached out to Eddie Burns and said, hey, Kevin's doing this, you want to do it? And he said, of course. And, you know, and here's my email, you know, and, and, you know, we just, just meet up at different places all throughout New York, uh, with the exception of Kevin. We filmed in his store in New Jersey. Of course. Of course you did. <laughs> That's, right out. Doesn't but, surprise I mean, me. Kevin, you know, and if, if we want to talk about him the most, since it's the point of your show, uh, wonderful, wonderful guy. I will never say a negative word about him. Uh, like I said, he tweeted absolutely that he'd be part of the film. We go to his store. It was the day after Thanksgiving of 2012. Oh my God, a Black uh, Friday and a cop the store down. What? 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 Yeah, he closed the store down on Black Friday. Of a, on a, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> we get in there. There were a couple customers. He was chatting. He told, uh, and you know, the stores, all the comic book men, Walt, and uh, you know, all Brian, all those guys. They're really there. They're really hanging out. And he was like, yeah, you know, close the store down. They turned out the lights in the front. Um, a lot of people say the part of in our film of Kevin looks the best, and it's because we used the lighting uh, from AMC because they were shooting comic book men. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to use their professional lights. That's fantastic. And uh, a super sweet guy, he actually did our Kickstarter video um, after we filmed with him, which we were there for hours. I mean, we just had the best time in this you know, little comic book store. And we was like, oh, you know, we're going to do Kickstarter. You know, can you say something? He said, sure. He ended up doing the entire video. <laughs> and then uh, he stayed in touch all these years. When we got into Sundance, he was the first person that I reached out to, um, except for Bob. <laughs> and uh, he was doing yoga hosers, so he was going. And, you know, he tweeted about us, how happy he was for us. And uh, at the premiere, uh, he comes out and introduces the film and, really meant all, the world to us. That's and like, you know, we ran cool. into him like, I think five or six times throughout the week at Sundance. And, you know, it was a lot of fun. Really, really good guy. And then when we showed in, uh, what festival was it? Outfest. And we actually showed at the DGA in LA. He came back out, introduced the film. Um, super, super nice guy. He wanted to come when we showed the following year at South by Southwest. Lionsgate put us up. They did this whole thing. They, we were their first original content on the TribecaShortlist.com. That's their streaming site. They uh, licensed the film from us. And Kevin was going to be part of that, but uh, because of scheduling, he couldn't. Uh, but, you know, he's, he's been a, a real trooper for the film. And 
I, yeah, I can't say enough great things about them. And it all goes back down to uh, to clerks. Yeah, it all comes right back to where we are here. Yeah, where we are right now talking about a movie that came out in 1994 and kind of changed everything for all of us. What, Out of curiosity, I always ask this of our guests, what's your history with Clerks itself as a movie? Sure. Well, uh, just as a fan, um, I've loved independent films. I was younger, obviously, at that time, and I was working at a movie theater, and I saw the preview of Clerks. Uh, to Pulp Fiction, and I saw that it was black and white and grainy, and I said, oh, my God, I have to see that. <laughs> and I saw it in the theater. I had to drive to Philadelphia because it didn't play uh, around here. As smaller films like that wouldn't or still don't. And I drove to Philadelphia. I took a date. She wasn't too sure about the film. That's my <laughs> wife, so I won't say anything uh, negative that go. long ago. Uh, I was blown away, and it's funny because the theater was packed. And I remember just thinking, like, oh, my God, like, that's amazing. And, uh, you know, just been a, a Kevin Smith fan all those years. Then I would meet Bob Hawke, unrelated. Uh, he became a creative consultant on a documentary that Ty and I did called Keeping the Peace. Um, I met him through Scott McGee, who I talked about earlier, who did Suture and, and What Amazing New and several others, B-Season. And when I saw, heard Bob Hawk, I thought, wait a minute, he's in the Clerks documentary. And, you know, talked to Bob and, you know, he would talk about Kevin a little bit. You know, I didn't want to, you know, have like, oh, but what's he like? Da, 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 da. And, you know, you talk about him from time to time and, you know, a lot of different filmmakers. And then when we decided to do this, we said, hey, you know, what if we reached out to other filmmakers? And what if we start with Kevin? And he was like, yeah, sure. And then Kevin just really embraced us from there. I mean, that, that's the kind of guy he is. He, he became famous, and he never forgot that it was Bob Hawk. You know, there's, there, I, there's a lot of people. Bob Hawk was one of, you know, the first, the first people. You know, I mean, it was, I, you, you hate to bring up Harvey Weinstein at, at this point. No, it would have been different <laughs> if you did this podcast a few weeks ago. But, you know, the people that were really there at the beginning for him, and it was the Sundance Film Festival, and it was the, uh, the Angelica Festival, and his, the cast of Clerks, and, and Bob Hawke. And, and Kevin was nice enough to just be like, hey, you know, I want to help have this story told because I owe my career to Bob. And, you know, let's, let's honor Bob's career. And like you said, you know, you never really heard of Bob. And so, you know, really, that was the point of the film. We used to say, like, no one would watch a documentary about Spielberg, which is funny because now there's a big one on HBO. But, like, you know his story, and you know he's great. They're like, no, you don't need to watch that to know, like, he did E.T. and Indiana Jones. Like, you know all this stuff. Or some, and I'm not, you know, busting on him. I haven't seen the film, but I'm sure it's amazing. But somebody like Bob, you know, you have these stories that you don't know, and people that love independent film should see this story. And you can see it on iTunes and TribecaShortlist.com. It's funny you say that, and my favorite documentary in the last, like, five years is actually a little-known Netflix documentary about voice acting. So, mm. I, this is your voice, yeah. which is one of my favorite documentaries in, like, the last five years because it is the behind-the-scenes that people don't know. And I love stuff like yeah, exactly. that. Exactly. I absolutely exactly. love it. And I, I will say this, and you say that 
Bob Hawk started with Kevin, and I told this story, I think, on our pilot, and I'll say it here again. Kevin... Well, well Kevin started with Bob Hawk. Yeah, you know what I meant. What I was saying, though, was me. <laughs> okay. With me here, though, and I said this in our pilot, and I'll say it here because I'm hoping with people that are on the show that Kevin hears this. He's one of the reasons I'm even here holding a microphone. Because if it wasn't for Kevin wow. at a... At a, at a on his podcast when he did he always on his podcast I think it was when he was doing the tour of Jason and Bob going around the country and he kept saying do a podcast do a podcast got a microphone you could talk about everything that was five years ago <laughs> and I'm mm. sitting here doing this and it's all because Kevin kind awesome. of one of those people that said you could do a podcast anyone can do a podcast and here we are mm. so I lived yeah. this for him and that's why I would love to talk to him on this show <laughs> one of those things so sure, sure. he's the reason and, I'm you know, here. and and I certainly can't speak for him, but I'm, I'm sure he would as he's appeared on other podcasts. And, you know, he loves those types of stories. You know, he had people that inspired him, like Richard Linklater and, and such. And uh, there's now a huge generation uh, with you and me and, and many others that are just inspired from his work and, and continue his his legacy. Like now with the Bob Hawk story, it's a huge part of just of Kevin. Like if you were to make a documentary on Kevin, which somebody eventually will, um, you know, Bob Hawk would play a big part of that. It's true. It's very, and very at true. Sundance, and this is on YouTube. Someone did tape it. Uh, Kevin says about Film Hawk, this is a documentary that I should have made. <laughs> and we're, Ty and I are in the audience. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> That's fantastic. What I might do. But it would have been totally different. What I might do, totally... actually, I'll find that audio and maybe I'll play it at the end of this so you can hear that because that sounds like that sounds like Kevin having nice. a lot of fun. So, and nice. um, well, that being said, um, we kind of keep our shows short for people that are listening in the morning as the show drops out. But thank you so much, JJ. This was a lot of fun. This is actually a nice education, really, in history when it comes to the movie world, which I do like learning about. Little by little. I do That's appreciate great. coming on Thanks. and doing this. Give us one more plug yeah. where they can find you, where they can find the film. Go for it. Uh, go to Twitter, at Bob Hawk Doc. At Bob Hawk Doc. We're on Facebook, too. Um, just look up Film Hawk. Uh, but, you know, we see all the tweets. Ty and I run it. And uh, Kevin retweets on us and stuff. And, uh Yeah. Bob Hawk Doc, and you can see the film on iTunes or the TribecaShortlist.com. Thank you so much for having me on. I I love talking about Film Hawk. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was a really a lot of fun. I appreciate everything. Absolutely. Thank you, man. Thank you. All right. um, Thank you all for listening. And I guess at the beginning of the show, this was kind of a dull minute, which is why I set up that interview. I figured, let's have something different today and end our week with a nice interview talking about Bob Hawk and a documentary that links into Clerks. So I hope you enjoyed that. And um, thank you all for listening. We're a part of the Filling Boy Podcast Network. You can find it everywhere. I'm not going to do the whole list today. It's just it's been a long, long day for me. So find us on Patreon where you're currently talking about the Clerks cartoon and um, get our shirt over at Tee Public and more and more and more. Facebook group, these Facebook clerk, the Facebook Clerks. The Clerks Convenience Store community, we have a lot of fun over there. We're going to be talking about movies, and I'll be plugging this there so you can actually watch this documentary. I know I'm going to go on my way. I'm going to watch this doc. It sounds like a lot of fun. So, until then, I'm Blake. Thank you so much for listening to the Clerks Minute.
snorting, 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 smoking weed, smoking weed, doing coke, drinking beers, drinking beers, 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 rolling fatties, smoking blunts, who smokes the blunts, who smoke the blunts, rolling blunts and smoking weed. Our daughters' weddings are going to be a mess because we're not going to eat. Our daughters are getting married together. together. <laughs> so here's what I want to say about Bob. Bob is a friend, first and foremost. But for me, Bob's a mentor. Um, see what happens? I cry and I get better. Um, uh, I never had a mentor before. Oh, um, but. He taught me way back in 1990 when I started as a programmer, he taught me that film had many faces and many styles. And he taught me as a programmer, I had a responsibility to remember that. And we brought him on to help us with Sundance much in the early years. And I think it was, um, Sundance would not be the same without Bob Hawke's influence over this whole thing. And that's all I'm going to say. That's all I can get out at this point. I'm going to actually introduce the directors who had a lot to do with this as well. Do you want to say anything? Um, yeah, there. Every once in a while in your life, you meet somebody who takes you to a completely uh, different place, an absolute stranger. Uh, what you're going to see is the, a movie about somebody who's changed so many lives simply because he's passionate about film. This movie is so wonderful. I don't just say that because I'm in it. I enjoy myself in it and stuff. But at the same time, my hats go off to the boys, man, who Coop's going to bring up because honestly, I'm ashamed. This is a movie I should have made. This man is my hero, my fucking legend and stuff. But I'm so glad that these guys exist because they made the movie that Bob Hawke deserves. Um, introduce. Introduce them. So our directors. Right now, it is my great pleasure to welcome uh, a close friend of Bob Hawke and uh, one of the giants of independent filmmaking. Please welcome Mr. Kevin Smith. That giant thing is a fat joke, actually. Um, thanks for being here this morning, ladies and gentlemen. This movie is perfect for Outfest because this is a film about a life spent in film, as well as a life spent being just gay as fuck. So this, <laughs> you're gonna enjoy the hell out of this movie. I, um, I go way back with the, the subject of the film, uh, as you'll see in, in, in the book itself. Bob Hawke uh, discovered Clerks. Without Bob Hawke, I wouldn't be standing here. I, I probably wouldn't have even ever driven by this building because I wouldn't be in Los Angeles. None of the things that have happened over the 22 years since we made Clerks would have happened if Bob hadn't been in the audience that day. Ironically, it was a Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. Same thing, <laughs> man. So as I was driving over here, um, my wife's like, where'd you go? And I was like, I'm going to the DGA to intro Bob's movie. And she's like, so early? And I remembered, like, I wrote back, I was like, he did it for me once 22 years ago. <laughs> woke up very early and changed my life. So it, it's a pleasure and an honor to be here. Uh, before I hand you over to the good folks that made the movie, man, uh, JJ and Ty, who I, I owe a life debt to because this is a movie I should have made. This man was my hero, changed my world and stuff. I should have made this documentary. I'm almost glad that they did it because they unabashedly uh, put my interview where I'm falling into the movie and stuff. Had I been the director, I would have left that out. <laughs> so I'm glad they got to do it. And the film honors somebody who not just 
<clears throat> changed my life professionally, and Bob absolutely did that. Nobody ever would have heard of Clerks or me if he hadn't been at that screening at 11 o'clock on October 3rd on a Sunday morning. Bob changed my life personally as well. Uh, I've always liked to think of myself as a friend of the gay community and stuff. I was raised in a town where nobody was progressive. Uh, you know, not to paint them as all like hicks or something like that, but I grew up in the 70s and the 80s and started working like making clerks in the early 90s. Um, it was in a period before there was mass acceptance and whatnot. Gay was still the other to a lot of people in my world. My brother wound up being gay and stuff, so that was very helpful uh, in as much as keeping me in a, a more enlightened than most of my compatriots, and I don't want to paint them as Cro-Magnons. We just didn't have gay people in our world as far as we knew. Um, <laughs> So I meet Bob, and Bob sees Clerks and, and, and starts talking it up. We go to Sundance. Bob and I become very good friends. And at one point, you'll see in the documentary, Bob comes to live with me pretty early in my career. So at a certain point into my very straight world, full of friends who are just like, ew, that's gay, still using it as a negative, as a descriptor and stuff entered this 50-plus-year-old gay man who I was suddenly like, I'm living with him. And it was like a bizarre threes company for all my friends <laughs> all the studies. But the, what I love about that when I was thinking about it on the drive over was Bob was the guy that, he was the ambassador into my world. I couldn't like tell my friends, oh my God, you gotta like gay people, they're no different than us. I grew up fat, so there was this kind of idea of like being ostracized for something that you just like doing always like, I had a sympathetic factor for it. I had a lot of thin friends so that thing didn't exist for them so I couldn't sit there and be like you all gotta love gay people and shut like I do Bob was the guy that made them love gay people he was the first gay person that entered their world and he was delightful he wasn't the other anymore he was their friend he was the oh my god he's hysterical Oh my God, he loves movies. Oh my God, he loves talking about dick. But like that was, <laughs> that was, that, it opened up a world for my friends. Like I, I don't, I'm never uncomfortable around my friends anymore. There were times, and again, I don't want to paint them as like, you know, sheet wearing folks or anything, but there were times when I was young where, you know, it's like, oh man, fucking, you just wish your friends Felt, felt, felt like you do, maybe we're a little more enlightened, a little more accepting, like you were, or something like that. I would have been quiet about it my whole life, probably. Not brave enough to step up and be like, hey man, why don't you consider this kind of thing? I was a product of my environment, so I just would have sat there quietly. Thanks to Bob, I never had to. Thanks to Bob, I had an example for all my friends to look at and be like, oh man, it's not like, that's not what I thought being gay was at all. This guy's badass and shit like that. We now live in a world. That's very much, in my world, I can't speak for everybody, but Los Angeles as well, very, very much more accepting than when uh, Bob moved into my house in the 90s. And when I say the world, I mean my friends and stuff. Like Jason Mewes used to fucking talk about gay people as mysterious Martians from another world. Now I'm pretty sure he's bi-curious at his age. So. <laughs> That had everything to do with this man and this individual you're about to watch the movie. It's one thing for him to come into my life and give me a career. I'll always be thankful for that because I probably still would have been working in that fucking convenience store. But what he did for me personally was so much more and, and something I never probably would have or could have done for myself, man. He expanded the horizons of everybody around me and made suddenly that 
other, it wasn't an other, it was one of us. So anyway, without further ado, I'm gonna give it back to Alonzo and he's gonna do the official introduction to JJ and Ty, two wonderful filmmakers who have the tenacity, tenacity, temerity, and, and uh, just courage to step up and be like, this guy deserves to have a, a micro, a, 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 he deserves to have a lens focused on him. And they did it, and it's quite beautiful. This is one of my favorite people in the world, ladies and gentlemen, who you're about to watch tonight. It's an honor to be standing in the DGA to introduce a movie about a guy who helped so many other people launch their ships and tell stories, including the two filmmakers you're about to meet. I give you back to Alonzo. 